Thank you, John, for those insightful remarks. Really appreciate your contributions to today's conversation. If you're able, I'd like to have you stay on as part of the discussion with Siri and Ian. We have Ian Klugman, President and CEO at Communitech, and Siri Agrell, Executive Director at 111, joining our conversation. Siri and Ian in particular. John mentioned the work that you'd done sometime in the past with the Angel Tax Credit Program, which didn't pick up traction. Is there a full appreciation for what the funding continuum looks like in the sense that do policymakers have a full view as to the role that angels play in creating the funnel for the venture capital ecosystem? Maybe you could give us some remarks to situate us around this and perhaps even making reference to the BDC Matching Fund program and how that might incorporate angels. Sure. Thank you very much for hosting us and convening this discussion. John, your, your remarks were bang on as always. I always, I always um, look forward to following you on these types of things because you, you set a high bar. The, I, I mean, not having the details around the BBC matching program, I think that you know, the matching programs where, where money follows private investment and increases the amount of capital that's going into organizations is always something that I believe that is a, a strong policy approach. The idea that it follows you know, the private investors and we saw this with the OETF, which was a program the Ontario government launched a number of years ago, and the, and the kind of impact that it had, because A, it meant A, larger investments, left more dry powder by the VCs, but also you know, an ability to be able to do a greater number of investments in well, as well. So these types of matching programs we're big fans of. What we are seeing from companies right now is there's, there's a couple of things that are happening. Obviously, people who have who are in the process of raising around that has come either to a halt or slowed down significantly. And they're, you know, overall the what the companies are saying of you know, the hundreds of companies we're working with, the biggest issue they're facing is liquidity and cash flow. And that cash flow can come in the form of now we've got to bridge and deal with our burn to get to to that to that raise, or it's in the form of of, of the top student just being shut off from a revenue perspective. And it's, it's, you know, it's interesting because one of the things that we've been talking about and talking to government about is, is there a way that we can support and, and guarantee receivables? Because what's happening with a lot of the companies that are B2B is that people are, you know, are, are paying, you know, 120 days or not paying at all. And so even though there's revenue booked by a bunch of uh, companies, the issue is in the fact that, you know, the, the, the AR speed has gone way down. And there's a possibility that, that these things are just going to be deferred out. So, you know, one of the other possibilities that we've been talking to government about is, is there a way that, that this could be looked at? I think that, you know, incubators and accelerators at, at the best of times, I think we sort of are the first ones to experience tremors in the forest, right? We're on the ground with these companies. Um, and I think right now we're sort of the, the canary in the coal mine and we're seeing, you know, the immediate impacts of what's happening sort of in real time. And the gaps in the in the responses so far, you know, I think that Ian was exactly right in terms of what's happening. Either they're they're unable to raise when they are expecting to raise, or they're seeing their contracts disappear or slow down to to such an extent that they don't have revenue. You know, we are home to about fifty five technology companies who before this employed about twelve hundred people. In the last nine days, we've had 40 layoffs uh, across those companies. In the last 10 days of March, we had 33. People don't have time to, to wait for some of these things. They need to cut their burn quite immediately. And I think, you know, we, we've heard it already on, on this call that, you know, a lot of these programs 
aren't necessarily designed uh, correctly for technology, right? And or they're having to wait, or they're having to, you know, increase their own debt to access them. You know, I was talking to the one of the co-founders of Ritual today, who laid off more than a hundred people last week, and he was saying that even the wage subsidy they would have had to commit to to employing people for twelve months if they if they deployed it. He doesn't know if his market's going to be back in twelve months, so he can't make that commitment. One of the things that we've done to try and help our companies navigate this in the short term is we offered two months of rent abatement right out of the gate. They probably would have killed me if I'd made them pay because they're not in there, but it was something we could do to, to reduce their immediate expenses to help them figure out what programs that they can access. And I think that this is a big gap that we're seeing in the Canadian response too that's been addressed in other countries that there have been abatement rebates made available by sectors. I think this is one that could be applied to accelerators and incubators really easily. It's very easy to prove if you flow through an abatement to your tenants, uh, and that would be an immediate sort of cash flow benefit. So I've been pushing um, for that along with Tabia, who's, who's also put together a, uh, a proposal for that. You know, some of our companies are positioned to do really well. That's the thing here, right? Technology is also, it's, it's a victim of this circumstance, but it's also the solution. So a lot of our companies are really well positioned to, to help here, but it requires ongoing investment. It requires enterprise and corporate customers who are ready to go, who are still working, who are still paying. And it in, involves, you know, the, the ability to make revenue and, and not just raise. So I think that's where we're trying to push people. John, maybe you could jump in there. Any points that you want to, that you'd like to make in, in relation to those two comments in particular? You know, the, the great comment that Siri has pointed out, and and it was one of the the troubling thing for me too, was I was really hoping that uh, we would focus in on the cash burn of companies, not just wages, although that's an important point for many companies. The the, the let's talk about the rent industry or utilities. You know, we just saw. I was stunned Staples announcing that they're not paying rent for all of their U S locations. The, the rental market is going, you know, topsy turvy and and thank God we have someone like Siri foreseeing, uh, you know, the problems for the next couple of months. And yet uh, a number of the SMEs uh, are renting from other SMEs as well and the cascading problem is they've got to pay mortgages on their property, which is not being abated. Maybe they're being deferred, but not abated. So it you can see the cascading issue. And just like what Ian pointed out, and it was part of the strategy that Ian and I started with maybe 10 years ago when we were really trying to invigorate the ecosystem, you got to start solving the problems at the smallest companies in the, and, and on individuals first, because those problems then cascade and become problems for the larger companies. So by going after those folks that have the least amount of resources available to them and, and stopping the crash, the cash flow crash that's occurring, it actually buys time for the larger companies and eventually the government is going to likely have to help and, and, and target those industries. 
So I just hope that people don't forget that the bedrock of our community are these very, very early stage businesses. And I think, you know, on that point, I think sometimes, and I've worked in government, so I can say that sometimes we tend to overcomplicate things, right? And there are simple things. Rent is like, you know, the number one issue a lot of people are dealing with. You you mentioned shred, which I think is so important too, like expedite shred payments. I drove downtown and went into our mailroom and picked up like a paper check shred rebate for one of our founders and drove it to his house. It was $250,000. That's going to like help him a lot right now you know, we can expedite those programs a lot faster than we can gear up wage subsidies. Siri, I have a question around that cascading problem. So if you're, if you're not collecting rent from the companies that reside within 111, and how many companies in total do you have? 55. Okay, so if those 55 companies are, are benefiting from that, then as an organization, what does that look like? How, how do you recover from that, from that cash crunch that it puts you in? Is, is anybody on my board listening right now? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so here's the thing, right? We don't, we don't have time to think about this stuff, right? And, you know, one of my founders wrote me back and he said, that's so nice. And I'm like, I'm not being nice. I, I'm making a, a strategic play here, right? The more of them that survive, the better chance I have of surviving. And I think, you know, you know, John Ruffalo conceived of 111 and, and, you know, incubators like ours are there to de-risk people's investment and to make sure that these companies survive uh, through their scale. But by doing so, we're absorbing that risk, right? And that's that's coming true right now. I am literally absorbing the risk in my gray hairs. So yeah, it, it affects our bottom line. And, you know, we have thin margins as it is. We, you know, I have, you know, put in an ask for a similar abatement from my landlord. I am, you know, leveraging all of my connections, as are we all, to push for this as a programmatic response. I think there's really great models that, you know, we're seeing in other countries where they've actually offered a rebate on abatement by a sector. Because, you know, the most generous interpretation here from a government standpoint is if you want to do rent abatement, you have to do it for everybody. And that's really, really expensive, right? So can you carve it out by SMEs, you know, who make less than $5 million and buy sort of verticals, right? Do it to hospitality and do it to technology. But yeah, I need, I need an abatement too. And that's part of the conversation that I'm having. Yeah. You know, there's, there's one other thing I'm going to throw in the mix here. The, the conversations that we've been having, and I'll go back to, you know, John's opening remarks where he talked about the need to, you know, sort of freeze or keep safe, get everybody to some point in the future bridge so that we don't lose, you know, the investment in the startups that begat the scale-ups, which give us the, you know, potential of growing great uh, Canadian companies at scale. And there's, there's, a, there's a whole bunch of conversations happening around that. I think that the good news is that everyone is committed to that same cause. Everyone is saying, we need to find a way to help these companies bridge. And I think the only thing that's, that's, that's getting in our way is the is that speed wins in times of crisis and we need to make sure we're moving fast to get there. The other thing that's happening right now is that although we've shut our doors, you know, we're still going full speed. We've uh, moved to everything being virtual. We even have a virtual front desk, which, which is staffed by real life humans um, who are there to help companies. At a time like this, we're seeing that the need is more profound to convene and connect people of of like mind. So we're running our, you know, our, our 40 part peer-to-peer programs as well as online learnings, lunch and learns. 
And then we're also doing all of our growth coaching, mentoring to companies who are really dealing with cash flow, are doing business with, or dealing with issues of business continuity, and they're working through, you know, should I be, what should I be bridging to? Is this six months or 24 months? And will I, do I need to, and what would look like for me to move to some sort of fundamentally different uh, revenue model or business model? Lots is happening. We're also working very closely with a lot of companies who are pivoting to play a role in the COVID battle that we're, that we're under. If, if I could add as well, too, I'm getting, you know, constant information on the fly. Dana O'Born from uh, CCI. So she has confirmed that one of our members have now uh, received the shred credit uh, with no audit whatsoever. Yay! Yes, so it's the first one. And if you go onto the Slack channel, we actually have the pipe into CRA and the shred leads to forward them to the folks who will actually get you the cash without audit. So this could be a huge thing for people who are on the phone. Uh, get your shred done ASAP, get it over here. And this could be a lifeline of support. And this is one of the easiest ideas because the government was going to give this out to you anyway. Okay. And make sure, make sure that you check the box for like direct deposit and not paper check because I'm not going to pick up anybody else's checks for them. <laughs> <laughs> um, on Ian's point too, I think, you know, for, for the angels listening, you know, we, we have remote programming uh, going as well. I know Mars and DMZ do too. All of our companies are, you know, at the best of times looking for advice, but right now can really benefit for some sort of strategic insights for some smart people coming in. Uh, to help them navigate this. So if you have capacity, if you want to play a role, I think all of those programming channels are have been really well set up by the incubators for people to feed into. I have a question for you, Siri, around the cascading problem. So where does 111, or I'll word this more broadly, where do the incubators and accelerators look to if they're if they're coming under pressure? I, I basically lean on my own Rolodex a little bit and just flood the yard calling everybody I know. That's been my, my approach so far. I had a call with the province yesterday and they've set up a mechanism for people to submit their ideas. I think you have to be cognizant of the the pressures they're under, right? And I, I always try to contextualize my ask in terms of like, I know you're dealing with all these things. I think we need, you know, I think it's all hands on deck. I think we look to, you know, the investment community to keep supporting our companies. Like I said, if our companies survive, we'll be okay. So, you know, make sure that they have access to capital, help make sure, you know, we can all use our voices to encourage you know, all of the, the big corporates to keep working with these companies, to keep paying them, to speed up their pay cycles, as Ian mentioned. You know, I think it's, you know, John's original point of we've built this up for a long time. This is not the time to allow it to fail. And we all have a role to play in that. Great. So we will move the discussion along. Before I do, I do have a pre-announcement. We've just received confirmation that Minister Melanie Jolie, the Minister of Economic Development and Official Languages, will be joining us for next week's roundtable on April 16th. Uh, this particular uh, this particular portfolio has a lot of value to add to all to the regional development across the country, and so we are looking forward to your contributions to that discussion. and And we'd like to shape this so that we're contributing value, we're adding insights, we're contributing intellectual capital to the development of policy. And, and so I look forward to continuing that conversation next week. We're going to move on to the next segment. Uh, we have John McRitchie, Assistant Vice President, Zone Learning 
at Ryerson University. And we have Sherry Coburn, CEO at Spark Center. And we have Terry Rock, CEO at Platform Calgary. John, perhaps you could help situate us around the six incubators that, that you oversee, including the DMZ, which is very well known 